0: Friday, August 26th, 2016 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. Got a great show in line for you guys. We're going to be going over the different veteran releases that the Patriots have done over the past couple of days. We're going to see how that really impacts the Patriots roster and what that means for the younger guys as well. We're we'll also be going uh, we're welcoming in CLNS Patriots writer Charles Rusek to go over the Patriots third preseason game against the Carolina Panthers. All that and more on this episode of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Patriots Beat. I am your host, Harris Rudenstein. Thank you, Larry H. Russell, for that very nice intro. Got a great show for you guys this week. If you want to find it, go to clnsradio.com or find us on the CLNS Radio mobile app. Go find us on Facebook and Twitter. Without further ado, let's get right into things because boy, oh boy, have we had a fun week of transaction reports from the New England Patriots this week. I guess the first thing. That we should really get into is the fact that the Patriots released, or I guess traded, Brian Stork to the Washington Redskins for a conditional 7th round pick. They were originally going to release him, but I guess the the, Redskins, this whole thing, so I'll go through this because this is really interesting. So, I wake up, I see Brian Stork released by Patriots. First instinct, wow, why did they release him? That's really obscure, I guess with all the concussion problems and David Andrews being a beast. That they don't really need Brian Stork anymore. So we go through the entire day. I've been checking the NFL transaction wire, just waiting for Brian Stork to be official, and it's never official. So I check on Twitter, and everyone else is—it's kind of quiet. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's just going to happen at 4 p.m. So 4 p.m. comes around, and apparently, the GM of the Redskins saw on Twitter that the Red, that the Patriots, excuse me, were going to uh, release Brian Stork, and was like, hey can I throw you a conditional seventh round pick and just get him right now? And I guess Casario was just like, okay, sure. Take him." So they trade into the uh, Redskins, pull a fast one on the rest of the NFL. And it's kind of funny. If you look at a pro football focus and you look at how the Redskins offensive line is ranked, you'll see that their whole, their two guards and their tackles are actually pretty good, but their center position is just terrible. Like, they, I think they've Lichtensteiner or something, Lichtensteiner, whatever it is, and he's a really bad center. So they bring in Stork. Hopefully, he can handle his concussion problems and apparently his anger issues. And we'll see if he can make an impact on another team. Um, as well as, uh, excuse me, Nate Washington and Donald Brown were also uh, released this week. Not very surprising. Uh, I said on the podcast last week, actually, one of our uh, big-time topics was the fact that I didn't think Nate Washington was going to make this team, and it seems that my intuition was uh, correct. I, I just, you know, he got a couple attaboys from Brady at practice, but, like, he never did anything in the preseason game. It was very clear he was pretty far down the roster. But here's a little fun thing that hasn't been brought up yet. If Nate Washington is injured, or excuse me, if Nate Washington is cut, that means that they must have gotten some really, really good news about Malcolm Mitchell's injury. So he might not be as injured as we initially thought. I saw on Twitter a couple of days ago that um, he might not even had a dislocation, and then it might just have been a selection, which is just when the the joint in the muscle, this is Harris Rubenstein, <laughs> Dr. Rubenstein over here, um, when it, the joint more or less, it's just very, very stretched. It never actually physically pops out to my knowledge, but it goes literally as far as it can possibly go without popping out, which obviously is very harmful to the joint, the surrounding muscle and any sort of blood vessels in the area. So obviously still not a great injury, but if it's, if it's obviously it can't be too serious If there are cutting wide receivers. I, I have to think that that makes Malcolm Mitchell maybe in the clear a little bit for, um, for injury wise, maybe he will be ready for the start of the season. I'd love to see it. Uh, I think it'd be really nice to see him get on a nice role, start the year. Uh, Donald Brown getting cut. I mean, let, let's, let's be really honest with ourselves for a second here, guys. Did, did any of us really think Donald Brown was gonna make this team? Like, like when they picked him up, I had a couple of people tweet at me or talk to me or whatever and tell me that they thought that Donald Brown was, Donald Brown was a great pickup. And I remember I was so confused because the Donald Brown that I know and that I knew growing up, he just wasn't very good. I mean, he never really did anything. He wasn't a great runner between the tackles. He could never really get outside. He wasn't a great receiving back. He was an okay blocker. So, you know, when they brought him in, I just kind of looked at him I was like, okay, they're clearly bringing him in for insurance just in case James White's bad. Blunt can't do anything. And Tyler, this Tyler Gaffney kid was a bunch of nothing. But it turns out that Blunt looks ready for the start of the season. His body looks in shape. His mind looks in shape. He looks ready for a big time make or break season for his NFL career. James White looks like he's finally going to do something this season that's not just be incredibly annoyingly inconsistent. Um, DJ Foster looks like he's going to be a factor in the running back race. I think that getting rid of Donald Brown also shows that he might be getting close. Either, one, coming back to practice, or two, we might even see him in the preseason game on Friday. So look out for a little bit of DJ Foster. Well, uh, he'll definitely be a name to keep track of, especially since he's a, a big-time talent. If you've watched him play, he can make some serious moves in the backfield. Uh, it also means that Tyler Gaffney, they actually consider him to be a legitimate threat for this running back job. I mean, he's done a lot of good stuff over the past couple of preseason games. I've been very, very impressed by what Tyler Gaffney's been bringing to the table. I know that we've had a couple of people kind of go back and forth with him. You know, a lot of people on Twitter are still unsure if he can bring it, uh, you know, for an NFL game. But I, I mean, I don't know. I think Tyler Gaffney's look pretty good. I think he's definitely worth giving him a shot. So we'll definitely see Tyler Gaffney be given a chance at that running back job. Um, didn't mention this before. Mentioned this, or I mentioned this in the preview. Mentioned this again. Uh, CLNS Radio's Charles Rusek is coming on in a little while to discuss. Uh, the Panthers game as well as what he thinks of all these roster moves. I'm very excited to bring him on. Brand new writer for us. Very nice to feature him on the Patsby podcast. Also, please remember to go listen to the Pats post game show with, um, with Mike. You know, he great stuff. I'll give you a commercial for him, uh, in a couple of, a uh, couple of minutes, but no, they're great stuff. They'll be on after the uh, Panthers game on Friday to answer some of your guys' questions. You can call in, you can tweet at them on Twitter. Just, A lot of fun stuff on that show. Two great guys, two great hosts. So definitely go hit them up. But anyway, let's move on to this game against the Panthers because this is the third preseason game. So the third preseason game is usually when you'll see... This is usually when you'll see the starters This besides injuries. This is kind of when you'll start to see who they think is their base starting lineup and they'll play them for about a quarter or a couple of series to see what they can bring to the table. Um, Brady most likely will be leading the charge uh, on Friday for this team. Grappolo has said multiple times today uh, that he doesn't know if he's going to be starting on uh, on Friday, so I think we're going to see a lot of Brady just so he can actually get a little bit of real game time because I know that he is Tom Brady, but preseason still is valuable even if you're a 17-year veteran, best quarterback of all time, whatever. Um, they need to get him in the starting role. Even though he's going to miss the f- first four games, he needs to start getting in the role with the offense. Tom Brady will be fine. Not saying that he's going to be bad without it, but it's always better to have it than not. So, good for Tom Brady. I hope, I hope he uh, performs well on Friday. One thing that we need to see on Friday is how the excuse me, how the defensive line is going to sort out because that's going to be interesting because as of right now, uh, I believe we had a reported injury by Jeff Howe of Jabal Sheard having a sprained MCL, I want to say. That's what I have down on my notes. I don't think I've seen anything uh, more extreme than that. So if he has a sprained MCL, I mean, it's just like, are the Patriots cursed? Like, I just don't understand where all these injuries are coming from. Jabal Sheard is now injured. Brian Stork kept having all the concussions, this, that, and that. So we'll, it'll be a big-time uh, you know, uh point to see who we think is going to start at the defensive line. Now, we all know who my first choice is at defensive end if Jabal Sheard is out for a considerable part of time. You have to give it to Trey Flowers at this point. If Jabal Sheard is out for a long time, Trey Flowers better be your starting defensive end. Because if he's not, you're all of a sudden going from a, Jabal sheared a guy who's probably the best pass rusher on the team, to just Chris Long. Like, I, I respect Chris Long. I think Chris Long is going to be a decent player for the Patriots. But by no means do I think that he can carry the pass rush load by himself. Genio Grissom is not at, point, is not at a point – I really trust him starting, so I really think your third defensive end at this point is Trey Flowers. I think you know, as I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast, he's performed incredibly, incredibly well for this team so far in preseason. I think the coaches have started to take notice. I've been very impressed by him in preseason. I know a lot of beat writers have been impressed by him in the preseason. So big, big ups to Trey Flowers. Definitely will be uh, one of the one of the starting left end or starting defensive ends if. Jabal Sheard is out for a considerable amount of time but I want to start uh, I want to talk a little bit more before I really get back into the Panthers game. I, w- I forgot to talk about this whole Brian Stork David Andrews thing. So Brian Stork is a was a good was a good center while he played last season he was kind of inconsistent but he's had so many injury problems since he came to the NFL concussion problems, neck problems you know I think he had a couple of hamstring issues too. And it was unfortunate because I remember when they first drafted him, he was one of the best centers in the whole draft class. I mean, he was a four-year starter at Florida State. He was the captain of that offensive line, a real stud prospect. And then obviously that 2014 season, he when they finally uh, brought him in and started him, he solidified that entire offensive line. That offensive line in 2014 was so flowy the entire season, and then they plot Brian Stork in there, and they solidify the entire offensive line. He was easily one of their best players in that Super Bowl. That 2014 Super Bowl, he was incredible. He was one of their best players. He blocked everything. He helped with the pass rush a lot. Helped in the run game. He was a real force on that 2014 team. And it was a real shame that he got hurt in the preseason for uh, before last season. Because it really looked like he was prepared to take the next big time step as a center, but unfortunately, he just ends up getting hurt, and and it sucked. But you know, good thing they had David Andrews because David Andrews is a beast. Um, I'm way higher on him than I think most Patriots people are, but just from what I've seen from him. Brady's very specific about the centers that he, that he likes using. If he doesn't like you as a center, you're probably going to get replaced. That's why they brought in Brian Stork. But he prefers David Andrews. We've had multiple reports that Brady works better with David Andrews, that the signals are better, they get along better, they understand each other better. So if David Andrews is the guy that's going to shepherd Tom Brady into retirement, I'm totally okay with that. I think David Andrews... Is a very good center. He he started 10 games for the Pats last year. Performed very well when called upon. He was an undrafted free agent out of Georgia. So those SEC linemen, you know we're always going to pack a punch. And he's really done a good job of coming in, making his impact, and taking over the starting job from a Super Bowl winner. That is no easy feat, people. If you're an undrafted free agent, you can come in and take away that job. You have to be good. So David Andrews gets the starting center job. I think we called it on this show a couple of weeks ago that we thought David Andrews was going to end up winning the starting job. So right now, guys, we're doing, we're doing pretty good on predictions. Donald Brown didn't make the team. Nate Washington didn't make the team. David Andrews is the starting uh, center. And Troy Flowers is a beast at defense event. So good job, Patriots Beat. Good job, Patriots Beat fans. We're uh, we're right on track here getting uh, getting some good stuff done. But let's go back to the Panthers game before we bring on uh, Charles Rusek. Um, I think this Panthers game is going to be big. Like I said, we're going to see a lot of the starters on offense. It's going to be interesting to see who they play. It's also going to tell us a lot as to who is more seriously injured than others. I think we're going to need to kind of roll with the punches a little bit in the start of the season. These first four games, people, are going to be a uh, a rough go at it. Let's, let's say that. I... I I, 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 the more, the closer and closer we get to, uh, the start of the season, the more worried I get about what we're gonna see in that first game against Arizona. Because, whew, the this team is hurting. This team is a little bit weak. This team is not what I would call, it not, I, I'm not very confident about this team for Week One. I think they're going to be very injured. I don't think we're going to be able to see the the full, you know, depth of this team until Week Three or Week Four. That's when all these injuries are going to start fading to the background. I mean, we don't know when Edelman's going to be fully healthy. We don't know Amendola's going to be fully healthy. Gronk finally returned to practice, which is really nice. But you know, who knows with him if he, he tweaks anything. Uh, defense, obviously, with a bunch of injuries they have there, the whole Allen Branch suspension and this, that, and the other. Thank God they have this incredible secondary that will keep them in some of these games. But, no, it will definitely be interesting to see what they bring to the table on week one, especially uh, what we're going to see in preseason game tomorrow on Friday. So, like I said, go listen to the Pats post-game show after the Panthers game. The uh, The guys over there have a lot of fun with it, and I think you guys will definitely enjoy it. Total Harris, uh, stupid moment here. Uh, I forgot to point out the, the biggest injury news of the week, maybe even the year so far. So obviously, Jabal Sheared out for the, with the sprained MCL. Wh- whatever. You know, sublection, elbow, dislocation from Malcolm Mitchell. Whatever. <laughs> the Patriots don't have a right tackle to start the season. Sebastian Vollmer going on IR, you know what guys, this might be the end of Sebastian Vollmer's career as we know it, and that's a real shame, because Sebastian Vollmer really has been a quality uh, right tackle for the Patriots for a long, long time, I know he really hasn't been healthy for a lot of his career, but still a, a big time veteran player that the Patriots really, really needed this year. Uh, He was a real trooper for them last year, moving over to left tackle, a very unnatural position for him. And he he did, he did as good of a job as you're going to, you're going to get from a career right tackle moving to left tackle. You know, with all of his back issues and his leg issues, man, this is a dude that has never been able to stay healthy, not by his own merit. He's just fallen apart as he's gotten older. So no uh, I believe he's on IR, so I think he's out for the season. I know if he's on our, if he's on IR designated to return. But Sebastian Vollmer being out is even worse, not because of you know, losing Sebastian Vollmer, but more so just who is gonna have to replace him. And I know we all don't want me to say the name. We all want me to to avoid saying the illustrious name. But Marcus Cannon, ladies and gentlemen, is now our starting right tackle. <laughs> for the 2016-2017 NFL season, so week, which is, again, why I'm worried about Week 1 because, man, Week 1 is going to be a rough go at it. I'm already predicting a loss. Just, just prepare. I, and I'm not saying that the Cardinals are that much of a better team than the Patriots. I just don't think the Patriots are going to have their stuff together by the time Week 1 comes around. With all the injuries, the rotating offensive line, the defensive line not really being set, Garoppolo playing his first NFL game. You know, they're going to have to really patriot the crap out of this if they want to get a win. And I say patriot the crap out of this because we know that randomly the Patriots just win games because of the Patriots. So hopefully they can pull their usual shenanigans and perform well in this first game. Because if things are, with the way things are going, It's not not going so well. So one thing that I wanted to talk about before uh, we bring on Charles Rusek um, and have him preview the Panthers game and give us some of his predictions. Actually, I'm actually going to wait to bring up that topic until after we have interviewed Charles just so I can give him the full platform he deserves to give us his predictions for the Panthers game as well as to go through some of these different uh you know, injuries that we've had some of the different transactions that we've had so let's take a quick commercial break when we come back we're going to start with our interview with charles rusek then i'll get into my topic about the 2014 draft class so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with charles rusek
1: What's going on, Pats Nation? This is Marvin Zon of CLNS Radio, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Radio New England Patriots post game show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice, and live on clnsradio.com immediately after every single Pats game. Call in at nine two nine. 477 2386, toll free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter polls for the play of the game, and everything else that is going on with the four time Super Bowl champions. Subscribe to the CLNS Radio New England Patriots post game show on iTunes. And Stitcher, and the best way download the free CLNS radio mobile app for on demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere.
0: Welcome back. Thanks for the plug there, Marvin. So without further ado, let's get into our interview with Charles Rusek. Just a reminder that this interview is brought to you by Blue Apron. Get fun to cook meals for and with your family and friends by ordering healthy, delicious ingredients. Blue Apron, that's delivered straight to your doorstep. Get meals for under $10 with the freshest and in-season ingredients. As a loyal supporter of CLNS Radio, we're offering your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Celticsbeat. That's Apron. Dot com slash Celtics beat. Without further ado, let's bring in Charles Rusek. So, Charles, to uh, start things off here, um, you know, Pat's got a big preseason game against the Panthers on Friday. I think this will be the first preseason game where we really start to see the starters separate themselves from the backups as we usually do with the third preseason game. So what are your your different notes uh, that you think we're going to see against the
2: Panthers? What I'm really hoping to see against the Panthers is I want to see how – Most importantly is how Jimmy Garoppolo starts off because, you know, I think we've, we've seen him the past couple weeks eventually find his rhythm and he looks pretty good when he, you know, in, you know, the third or fourth drive of a game, but the big thing is, you know, get that hot start and, you know, like last week against the Bears, you know, he didn't really, you know, his first, first drive or two, you know, wasn't too good, but then he really got going in the second quarter. He was doing great. So, you know, like the first week, you know, against the, the Cardinals, you know, I don't want to see him taking a whole quarter just to, to find his rhythm and get going, you know, we need to start out start 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 hot, you know, against a great defense like that, yeah, so I that's agree. like the first big thing I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, I agree, I mean, the, the whole grapple of starting slow thing is actually starting to get on my nerves a little bit, but the only, the thing is that like when he actually starts to heat up, he starts to look like a legitimate NFL starter.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, he looks great when he's when he's heating up, you know, so it's just, you know, Getting, getting to that level just a little bit faster.
0: So are there any players that you think need this preseason game to actually make the team? Because we saw some of the veterans get beat out by the young guys with you know the likes of Donald Brown and Nate Washington getting cut. Right. So who are the older guys that need this game?
2: Some of the older guys. I think uh, Terrence Knight is starting to kind of slip away here. So I'd really love to see how he does because you know it's just such a deep deep position, and I heard on, you know, on the podcast last week, you guys talked about that, you know, like Anthony Johnson just came out last week, had a couple of really nice plays, you know, like who was that guy? So I'd really like to see Terrence Knighton stepping up because, you know, when we got him in the preseason uh, or in the off season, it, you know, you know, we got a big guy again, you know, kind of like a Wolf Falk replacement and him and Malcolm Brown seemed like quite the duo, you know, on paper. But I just feel like I haven't really seen enough out of him yet where, you know, I could see him being kind of like a surprise cut. So I think he really needs this game, needs to prove himself that over some of the younger guys like an Anthony Johnson or something like that, that he should be on this team.
0: Looking at the uh, offensive side of the ball, you know, we just saw Donald Brown get cut, which means that this this running back core that we're going to have outside of Garrett Blunt is going to be pretty young. So it's going to have, like, Tyler Gaffney and DJ Foster, James White. How do you think this running back core is actually going to perform if they they don't go in with any other additions?
2: You know, I I got some hope with uh, Tyler Gaffney. Like, if he can really turn it on. But, like, I don't want to rely just on my hope. I feel like we could expect to see, you know, something that we've seen over the past few years. You know, I think a guy like James White, could, uh, could thrive somewhat. You know, he's not as good as Deion Lewis, uh, but, you know, since he'll be playing that role for the most part of the, the first half of the season, I could see him doing really good, but that's mostly in a receiving role out of the backfield. And then I think LeGarrette Blunt and Tyler Gaffney, if, uh, if the preseason, you know, like last week was any indication of what they could do, then I could see them having, you know, just solid years. But nothing, nothing too wild. I think in the end, You know, it's generally about the same as we've seen the past few years, especially when Brady comes back. And, you know, if he's the starter, then, you know, we're really a pass-first team. But I think the first four weeks, you know, maybe we might rely on it just a little bit more, assuming that they can get the job done just to help out Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: With those four running backs, though, and even though they did just drop Donald Brown, do you think there is a likely chance that they still go out and pick up another running back that gets cut uh, in the next couple of weeks?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't put that past them, you know, like, uh, I know one person that some people are looking at is, uh, Bishop Sankey from Tennessee, you know, and if he, uh, if he gets cut, so I could see them looking ahead just like another, you know, kind of workhorse kind of back. But I don't know, if you have like Garrett Borton and Tyler Gaffney, I feel like you got two guys right there that, uh, that can carry a load, and then you got James White still and you got Brandon Bolden. So what for me, it comes down to, like, how many running backs do you really want? Is there enough Is there enough room? So I could see them, you know, being interested in another back, but, it, you know, can they really get another back, and are they okay just with what they have? Which I feel like, you know, they are okay with the, the stable that they have right now. So
0: back to the defensive side of the ball, because I think the offense will kind of work itself out as people come back from injuries, and everything kind of works itself out. But... On defense, you know, that injury to Jabal Sheard, the MCL sprain, is probably one of the worst people that they could possibly afford to get injured. What do you make of Jabal Sheard going down for a couple of weeks?
2: I don't want to look too into it, but I am definitely uh, a little disappointed because, you know, against the Saints, you know, he, he had that fumble, you know, forced fumble, then he recovered the fumble. You know, he was looking pretty unblockable at times. And, you know, that's a guy that I really looked into coming into this season, you know, that I thought was, you know, really gonna step it up because in just 50% of the snaps last year, he had 8 sacks and like 4-4 four fumbled. So if he, you know, jumped up to like 80 or 90% of the snaps, I really saw him being a guy that got into double-digit double digit sacks. So, uh, I'm a little bummed just because I really wanted to see how he would do In this preseason to really see if he's looking like the real deal. Especially against the Panthers this week. Like, you got a real good quarterback in Cam Newton, and a guy that can elude defenders. And then, so it'd be really interesting to see how he does against great competition. So I was definitely a little bit bummed, but I don't want to look too into it. I think that, you know, if he's only out two to four weeks, he'll be back early in the season. I think he won't miss too much. You know, I think he'll be able to get right back on the horse and keep going. Yeah, one of the
0: things uh, that I've noticed about the defensive line, unfortunately, you know, at at defensive end, they do have Trey Flowers, they have Geno Grissom, they cut Frank Curse. So at defensive end, they don't actually have too much depth. It's kind of like Chris Long, Sheard, Flowers, and Grissom, and then that's kind of it. So that might be another uh, position that they look to pick someone up, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I could definitely see that. But I don't know, if you have Rob Dinkovich coming back eventually and then you also have Shane McClellan that uh, you know, can kinda you know bounce between outside linebacker and uh and defensive end. I you know, I, I really wonder if you know if they're gonna look too into getting another guy just because I feel like you know, if you got about five or six guys that can really you know, that can really uh play in a game, you know, and even start, you know, I think they'll be okay, but we know like it's the Patriots. I could see them going out and getting another guy, but at the same time, I think they have a lot of depth along the defensive line that you can mix and match different people. And if you really want, you know, in certain situations, Hightower or Collins can even can even get after the passer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, every single preseason game so far, we've had at least one member of the secondary. You know that because that that secondary is so stacked, and a lot of people are fighting for that fourth and fifth pos, uh, position. So every week. We have a new guy. Last week it was, or two weeks ago it was Jonathan Jones. Then it was Levon Crevere, however you say his name. And then uh, Cyrus Jones starts to play really well. So every single week it's someone different. Who's your guy uh, in the secondary this week that you think is going to step up?
2: One guy that I'm kind of hoping steps up. Although I really do like Cyrus Jones and I hope I just see more from him. But if I were to break away from the guys, sort of uh, already stepped up. You know, I'm really looking into uh uh one guy Daryl Roberts and you know, he got a he got a lot of love last year in the off season, you know, he was looking pretty good. And uh he was taking a lot of a lot of starting reps in practice and even in, like one of the preseason games. So you know, I was uh, I was really interested in seeing how he did and then he had an unfortunate wrist injury, so you know we were never able to see how he did. And then He's also, you know, he's also six feet tall, so you know, kind of giving us a little bit more length at corner. Because a lot of our guys are, you know, you know, a little shorter, They're under six feet tall, like Cyrus Jones and Malcolm Butler, like I think just at five. A lot of them. So, you know, Daryl Roberts is the guy that I'm really interested in seeing, just because of how how much kind of hype he had last off season. and then we never got to see it.
0: So, uh, since it's just uh, the third preseason game, and like I said before, this is when they start to get into who the actual starters are going to be and this, that. Who do you think our starting defensive line is going to be after all the injuries and the and everything else that's been going on with depth? Who do you think we're going to get uh, as our starting defensive line?
2: Now, are we talking like week one or are we talking like once week everybody's one. back? Week one okay, as of right now. One. So, like, I'm going to say Jabal Shear comes back because that's like three weeks after his injury, maybe even four. So, like, that's like his timetable should be. Offset. I think Jabal Sheard gets the start. And then I think you might go Chris Long over Trey Flowers at the other defensive end. Just because, you know, I don't think you want to make the moment too big for Trey Flowers quite yet. I think he's looking really good. But I just think, you know, maybe give him a few games and then he can start. But, you know, Chris Long's a veteran. He's done it before. He's, uh, he's proven that he can rush the passer. And so I think, uh, Long and Sheard are your defensive ends. And then Malcolm Brown will be your defensive tackle just because, you know, he looked real good coming on, you know, towards the end last season, looked really good. I really liked what I was seeing from him. And then the other defensive tackle spot, that's probably where I'm having the, like, most hard time thinking, like, who's going to start? Because you got, you know, like Anthony Johnson just came out of nowhere. It's like, you know, maybe he could get it with a surprise a surprise pick. Or if Tarrant Knighton makes the team, but I'm just gonna go with the veteran Allen Branch, although he's in a weird situation with his like suspension. But assuming he makes this team, you know that the suspension doesn't affect it. I think you know he's a veteran, he knows what he's doing, and it's just a safe pick right there.
0: Mm-hmm. So with all this Brian Stork action, with David Andrews finally getting solidified as the starting job, based, uh, with the starting job basically, Belichick was speaking Joe Tooney's uh, Joe Tooney's tune all week to keep it funny. But, you know, that, that offensive line has also been sh- uh, shuffling around a little bit, and they've said that they want to have one solidified offensive line. So, with your defensive line, who do you think our offensive line will be for the start of the
2: season? So, start left tackle. I think that's going to be Nate Solder. Uh, you know, he's just, he's there, he's healthy. He's, you know, he's he's been the, the starter for, like, the past four years. Uh, and then, uh oh, Sebastian Vollmer. that's kind of weird just because, like, you know, and now he's, like, you know, possibly being placed on IR, so, like, you got a weird situation, so you know I don't think he'll be you know the starter at least week one. You know that whole IR thing, you know if he's on there for the rest of the season. So I'd say you might see you know Marcus Cannon be in there at right tackle, but oy. I don't really know if I'm too big into that. <laughs> Oyve. What? Uh, Oyve.
0: Not very good. Not what you want to see. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Big Oive on that one. You know I'm not. I'm, you know, I think, you know, it can be solid in little doses, Marcus Cannon, but I don't don't really want him at the start. But, uh, my guards, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you'll see, you'll see Joe Tooney at that left guard position. You know, he's been looking really good. He's, you know, been the preseason darling here. Everybody's loving him. And, uh, David Andrews at center, you know, I think he's kind of solidified the spot now, now that, uh, Brian Stork is out, so. And then, you we'll probably get Craig Jackson or Shaq Mason, I think, at right guard, depending on which one. You know, if one of them, you know, if they both make the team, you know, I think I'm more of a Shaq Mason guy, so I'd say Shaq Mason at right guard. Because I don't even know what's going on with John Cooper right now. You know, he's been out, you know, so that's a little disappointing there. But I think that's your starting line right there, at least week one. Might change, though, with injuries and all that stuff, with people coming back, all that stuff.
0: So, last question before we uh, let you go here, Charles. This game uh, against the Panthers, just a normal preseason game, but I'd love to get a, a little bit of a score prediction as well as uh, who you think we're going to see out of the big performers tonight. Give me a couple of guys that you think are going to step up big time in the third preseason game.
2: A couple guys who I think will step up. I think that like, you might see Kyler Gaffney really try to go hard here, you know, because he's, you know, I think he's looking good to make the. The roster right now. But the thing is that, you know, Garrett Blunt's in his way. You know, is Tyler Gaffney really a, a starter, I an mean, all-down back? So I think with him, you know, really being like the, the only guy behind Garrett Blunt in that big back kind of role, I think you'll, you'll see him get a lot of playing time this week. Because, you know, if LeGarrette Blunt needs a break in that first half at all, I think Tyler Gaffney's the guy that goes in if you're looking to really pound the ball. And then in the second half, you know, I think Tyler Gaffney gets even more opportunities to show himself. So I think he's really going to have to show himself, especially after, uh, that goal line situation last week where he got stuffed in the backfield. I think he really wants, really wants that back. Not saying that he's going to get the goal line opportunity again, but he really wants to show he can pound the ball. He can get in between the tackles. And then, uh, another guy that I'm really hoping, uh, just really continues what he's been doing is Trey Flowers. You know, he's, He's been looking really good this this preseason. He's been looking real strong. Been showing off different moves. I really want to see him do it in a larger capacity. You know, against a you know NFC champion. You know, they're in the Super Bowl about you know just a few months ago. So this is great competition right here. You got a quarterback that can elude people, that can make you miss. So I want to see how he does against a quarterback like Cam Newton. You know, one on one, if he gets into that backfield. And then, obviously, they have a really good running game, too. So, I'd love to see how he does. Like, it's a really stout running game and a big, you know, bowling ball kind of back in uh, Johnson Stewart. And then, also, Geno Grissom, just because, you know, he's that other young defensive end. And, uh, you know, we've definitely seen some good stuff out of him. He's had a couple of sacks here in the preseason. But Trey Flowers definitely, has definitely taken the spotlight for me uh, in, in the recent weeks here.
0: Very nice. Thank you so much for joining us, Charles. It did a great job.
2: All
0: right, thank you. Nice to you. Have a good one. Thanks again to Charles Jusak for coming on and giving us some good notes about the Panthers game and really giving us a uh, good prediction for starting defensive and offensive line. I think those are the two kind of units right now that have that are in the most transition for the Patriots. So it's definitely uh, going to be interesting to see how they line up for the start of the season. But I wanted to get into the 2014 draft class before we – excuse me – Before we end the show today, and I hope you guys enjoy the game on Friday, recording this on the Thursday. So, a lot of people are starting to criticize the Patriots' 2014 draft class with obvious reasons. I mean, mean, they didn't really get a lot of great talent. For instance, I mean, the 2015 draft class got Malcolm Brown, Shaq Mason, uh, Joe Cardona, Trey Flowers, Jordan Richards, A.J. Derby, Daryl Roberts and Gio Grissom, all of which who are currently on the roster. But if you look at the 2014 team, Dominic Easley is gone. Brian Stork is gone. Uh, Cameron Fleming isn't great. Jalapio, Zach Moore, Jay Thomas, Jeremy Gallon, All these guys are gone. The only, one that's le- the only ones that are left are James White and Jimmy Garoppolo. But, you know, the 2014 season... I guess this would have been... Would this have been before the 2014? Yeah. So going into the 2014 season, the one thing that I remember from that team is that it didn't really have a lot of holes. I mean, I remember they were really just drafting for depth because that team was so solidified. I mean, Dominic Easy, when they drafted him, was such a surprise because they more or less needed a running back. So finally, they took James White. But, like, you know, they took... Easily over Jeremy Hill, took him over Stephen Tuit, who's a really good defensive lineman. Um, it's just, you know, easily was easily my least favorite pick. I easily was easily <laughs> hilarious. No, but you know, I, I remember when they first drafted him. I was very interested by the pick because Easily had been such a force in college when he was actually healthy. But God forbid, you know, they just didn't have the. he just didn't. he just didn't work out. You know, you'll have a lot of draft classes that just don't work out. And I I would I would go stay away from criticizing it too hard. Just because a lot of these draft classes are always very flowy. If you look around the NFL, it's very uncommon that you find an entire draft class that ends up actually working out for a team. Now, sure, you want to have more hits than not, but this Patriots team, you know, getting Jimmy Garoppolo and James White and Cameron Fleming out of a draft. Really isn't that terrible, of a draft. I, you know, it, it works out well because those are positions of need. But you know, it's just it's not awful. They got Shane Vereen's replacement. They got a really solid a solid backup quarterback and a quarterback who's apparently who's now starting the first four games of the season. So glad that they drafted him, Cameron Fleming. I'm not giving up on him yet. I think Cameron Fleming still has a lot of potential out of Stanford. Uh, his coach Shaw from Stanford said that he was one of the best tackles. That he's ever coached, and with and with him now in the hands of Scarnecki, I think we're going to see a lot, a lot more of him, Cameron Fleming. So let's let the the jury for me is still out on Cameron Fleming. I think Guglio, Dave, Guglio, whatever his name is, didn't really use him to his full potential. He didn't draft him, so he probably didn't really, uh, or did he draft him? I'm not sure. I don't think he did, but. Very clear to me that I think it's it. We need to give Cameron Fleming at least one more year under Skarnecki. If he sucks after this year, fine, get rid of him. But give him one more season, really see what you have under the best off- offensive line coach ever. I know that's a lot to say. Uh, uh, that's not a lot to say. Like, oh, he's going to be great under the best offensive line coach. But hey, if you have him, you might as well take advantage of it. But that's all that we're really gonna need with the 2014 draft class. Just don't hate on it too much. It did win us. It did end up winning us a Super Bowl with Brian Stork helping out, James White, Cameron Fleming helping out with a lot of uh, crucial depth at the tackle position, and also being a very nice blocking tight end throughout that year with the whole uh, what's the eligible player thing and blah blah blah. So all the players played their roles well. Overtime, it doesn't look too great. But the players still did play one of their roles. But anyway, guys, a little bit shorter of an episode this week. A couple things I want to bring you guys in on. So, a fun little idea that we're going to start doing. Uh, I like to present a new segment called Behind Enemy Lines. So, most of the time when we uh, get the game previews out on Friday for the games on Sunday, unless there's a game on Thursday, um, we're going to be bringing on a reporter. From a beat reporter from the team that the Patriots are going to be playing, so they can give us some of their notes to watch uh, for what to watch out for before the Patriots game. I think this is going to be a really fun segment to do. Allows us to branch out a little bit more for Patriots beat. If there are any beat writers that you guys want us to bring on that are from opposing teams, please send them to me on Twitter. For hey, if you have any sort of fun Patriots questions or any sort of fun stuff. Uh, that you want to talk about uh, just with general bosses sports sports in general. I'm always on Twitter. Follow me at sports that's sports and then steen. So follow me on Twitter. Follow me uh, there. We'll have a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Follow me on Instagram too. Uh, at Hebrew hammer five, two, nine, seven, just so you can, I can do a couple more Patriots things on there. But you know, that's all that we're going to give you guys for the show today. Enjoy the game on Friday. Uh, we're glad to have Charles Rusek on again. He did a great job. Uh, welcome him again to see on us radio. please, Go listen to the Pats Post Game Show hosted by Marvin and Mike. They do a great job with it. It's a lot of fun to listen to, and they always bring in some really, really Good stuff. Remember, again, this uh, episode is brought to you by Blue Apron. Go to blueapron.com slash speed to receive three free meals with free shipping on your first Blue Apron purchase. It's a great deal. Also helps further support this network. Thanks again to Rusek. I uh, want to thank Michael Longi, our content manager. Thanks, Larry, again, and also Nick Jelso, uh, founder of the network. I'm Harris Rubenstein. This has been the Patriot Podcast, episode number 136, powered by CLNS Radio.